1: Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlandson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the hurricane edition of the Lightning Insider Dot com podcast. Eric Rollinson from lightninginsider.com here. Once again, post-game reaction from a 3-2 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. First regulation loss for Tampa Bay dating back to October the 25th in Los Angeles. And uh, first and foremost, as always, thanks everybody for tuning into this, subscribing to this, listening to this, and um, caring enough about my thoughts on things to listen in and and figure out what's going on with this team. Uh, First thing I want to bring up is, uh, you know, I've been around this game for a long time, and the situation with Evander Kane tonight was as scary of one as I've seen. If you missed it, second period... Uh, Pat Maroon uh, inadvertently skated, put a skate blade over the top of Evander Kane's arm near the wrist area. Kane had been knocked to the ice by Philip Myers. Uh, Again, certainly not on purpose in any way, shape or form, but you could tell something was wrong right away. Um, It was a lot of blood on the ice. And, you know, when, when a player jumps up like Kane did, you know it's, it's, a, it's a scary, very scary situation. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a situation like that live before. Uh, I've, I've seen similar injuries uh, in this game. Uh, Donald Odette, Comes to mind something similar where a skate blade went over his forearm area. Um, it was Richard Zednick uh, for the Panthers. Took a skate blade to the neck uh, in Buffalo a number of years ago. Um, of course, there's the f- famous or infamous, if you will, situation with Clint Malarchuk, the goaltender. Who had a skate go across his neck and, you know, he nearly died on the ice. And, you know, we forget sometimes just how dangerous this game can be because at the end of the day, you know, the players are skating around on two inch blades of steel that they're sharpened. (laughs) They get sharpened all the time. Like, there is, there, I mean, they obviously they cut you. That's why, you know, you think back to um, when Eric Carlson had his Achilles nearly severed because, uh, and I forget the player, um, who sort of stomped on the back of his heel. Uh, now you have these cut socks, right, that uh, helps absorb anything that's going to happen down around that area. Uh, they... Uh, I don't know if they developed anything like that for forearms or the arms. Uh, maybe it's time to start thinking of that. Um, Buddy Vander Kane got up right away and, and started running and, you know, reportedly was yelling help, help, help uh, on his way down the locker room. And, um, you know, the game was delayed for a little bit as they had to clean up the ice um, with the blood. The good news in all of this is that Evander Kane is going to be fine. He, he did go to the hospital here in Tampa, uh, underwent surgery, according to general manager, Ken Holland, uh, in speaking with TNT television. Um, you know, that's, that's the good news is that it, it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, it's going to miss some time, obviously. Uh, but again, as, as scary of a situation as I've seen certainly live, um, I was trying to think back after it happened about situations that I, that I have seen live. The only thing I can kind of compare it to is, uh, Jamie Heward, a former defenseman for the lightning, uh, taken off the ice on a stretcher, uh, in a game in Washington, who probably in the 2008, 2009 timeframe when that happened, um, when I was there in, in DC for that game, working for the Tribune at the time. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, we forget, we take this stuff for granted. That's, um, you know, the game is, is more dangerous than I think we realize, or, uh, you know, tend to remember at times. It's, it's a dangerous, dangerous game. And I think that's how much we appreciate the, the athletes and, and who they are, and, and what they can do on the ice, because <laughs> they've got, they have weapons, I mean, they're weapons, they're, they, are weapons they are they are weapons of, um, potential destruction, and, uh, fortunately, nothing came of that tonight, uh, it, you, you could definitely sense the air taken out of the building, the air taken out of the game, uh, on a couple of levels, after it happened, but, um, you know, eventually it, it did get back to the game. I did have a chance to talk to Pat Maroon after the game, and um, he was very concerned, obviously, for Evander Kane's health. Um, again, certainly not anything other than an inadvertent um, skate blade, right? It's just it, just an unfortunate event, situation that happens in the game. But you could you could see you know, Pat Maroon played in Edmonton for a couple of seasons and he didn't play with Evander Kane, but he played in Edmonton for a couple of seasons and you know, it, it's still, it's a hockey community amongst the players too. He, they never, they never want to hurt somebody to that extent. There are certain players who do want to injure. Uh, there's no doubt, but uh, this was a, a situation not along those lines, um, but you know, you could see the concern in Maroon's face and you know, as soon as I got ta- gun- done talking to him uh, in the locker room, um, he made his way down to the Edmonton locker room, you know, probably checking on him. He, he didn't know. He, he didn't know what was going on. I, I was actually able uh, to inform him of what the situation was uh, that Kane had un- uh, underwent surgery, but otherwise was going to be okay. And, you know, you could see the relief kind of come across his face at that moment too, but obviously a lot of concern. Uh, for um, for a, f- a fallen foe uh, at that time. All right, to the game. Uh, I don't know if you could have asked for a much better opening seven minutes of the first period. Lighting were all over Edmonton. Their puck retrieval was on point. Getting into the zone, creating... You know, line after line was creating opportunity. And they look like a team that was going to take advantage of their opponent who had played the night before. You know, they played in Washington. It's not an easy back-to-back experience. Plenty of those in my days covering the Lightning of getting out of Washington, D.C., which you have to... You know, most places, I, I, most charter companies don't fly into Reagan, which is downtown. They have to go to either, you know, Baltimore or Dulles to fly out. So it's a, it's a bit of a hike to get out of town. And then you get to your hotel at 3 o'clock in the morning and get to turn around and play a game in 15 hours, 17 hours. It's It's not an easy back-to-back, and the lighting looked like they were going to take advantage of it. Things were going their way, they were dictating play, and they get a power play. Uh, Just a a silly, silly penalty on Edmonton's part. Uh, Tyson Berry ends up in the penalty box for for taking the helmet off of Corey Perry. A call that's been in the books for a couple years, but you rarely see it called. And they called this one, so here's the Lightning with all this momentum, building their game exactly how you want to start the game. And then it just... You just... This wasn't a pin popping the balloon. This was a nail being hammered into the balloon. Another shorthanded goal allowed with just sloppiness. Just sloppy... Play with the puck. Inadvertent... uh, Not inadvertent... um, Lack of attention, lack of focus, puck after puck gets turned over, it's fumbled in feet, it's off of sticks, and then it's in the back of the net. Warren Fogle on Edmonton's first shot of the game. It was 8 nothing in shots on goal before that power play opportunity. 8 nothing in Tampa Bay's favor, and you're trailing one to nothing. now they get the goal back good play by Brayden Point, Nikita Kucherov sets up Brandon Hagel, that line produces once again to tie it up and it's 1-1 after the first period alright, you escaped it, you got out of it the shorthand goal didn't hurt you you have a chance to go out and win the second period well, the second period got completely away from them Mikhail Sergachev takes a bad penalty. You know, he, he tries to hold up Edmonton getting up the ice after a puck clears the zone, and he just hung on too long. Gets called for holding, so of course, Connor McDavid gives Edmonton a 2-1 lead on a ping-pong ball. If you will, Tyson Berry throws a puck on net It I don't know, deflects off of two or three people and lands right on the stick of McDavid to the side of the net who's able to easily score. Didn't want to put this team on the power play. They talked about not putting this team on the power play. They put this team on the power play. And that wasn't it. Edmonton went back to the power play. And you lose a puck battle in the corner. Pops out to Leon Drysaddle alone in the slot. And he backhands a shot past Andre Vasilevsky. It's 3-1. For everything good the Lightning did in the first period, minus that power play chance, it was the opposite in the second. And they end up giving up two power play goals. Fortunate enough, that they didn't give up a fourth one because they did, but it was called back on a kicking motion, a distinct kicking motion, so that called the goal back. Uh, again, Alex Clorin goal in the opening minute of the third period. Can't find the next one. Can't find the equalizer. Pat Maroon appeared to have tied the game at three. The puck never actually crossed the line. And even if it had did, it was going to get come back. It was going to get called back on an offside anyway, because Pat Maroon had entered the zone just a tick too early ahead of Alex Kalorn. So uh, he ended up losing three-two. Couple of chances with the extra attacker, fanned on a couple of chances. Both Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov at one point had the opportunity with uh, the vacated half of the net if they could have put, put the puck on net they both kind of fanned on the shots kind of summed up how most of the game went um, and, and Joyce had been asking me on Twitter about this so I'll, I'll address it here there's no challenge officially initiated even though it was announced that Edmonton was challenging for offside because the first review is whether or not the puck actually went in the net. Actually crossed the line. Which, it was ruled a goal on the ice. Review correctly determined that the puck did not cross the line. So there is no offside challenge. There is no issue of a challenge for offside in that situation. So... It was just a review of a goal, a goal that was overturned um, on review. So that's with that's that.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. Now, the biggest question is the special teams. And I think the most telling thing of what may or may not be happening comes from John Cooper post game when I asked him, you know, when you sit back and you sort of evaluate how things are going uh, on special teams and the power play in particular, do you start to, you know, is it just a, a lull that it's going through or do you start to kind of move things around? And he didn't really... Uh, answer the question directly. He said we've got a couple of days of practice here to figure it out because the team is off for the next couple days. They'll play in Washington on Friday. Uh, They'll start a home-and-home with the Capitals. Uh, They'll play at Washington on Friday. They'll be at Amelie Arena on Thursday. Uh, Sorry, on Sunday um, to start another three-game homestand next week Uh, so they've got some things to figure out it's uh, you know it's disappointing to have lost this game the way they did they had an opportunity to take advantage of a team coming off a back-to-back they they weren't able to do it uh, let the game get away from them and couldn't crawl back and Edmonton who had lost three in a row themselves finds a way to uh, to win the game a couple of things to take out of this Philip Myers First game back since his uh, gaff, if you will, in Anaheim on the 26th. Hadn't played since then, was in the lineup tonight. Uh, looked better. Looked a little bit more confident with his game than he did before. Um so, you know, he was going to have to get in a game here sometime soon because Zach Bogosian is inching his way back towards being ready to get in the lineup. So uh, Philippe Myers had to give um, had to have an opportunity to kind of get back in there so that the Lightning can evaluate him. You know, when, when Bogosian comes back, there is a decision to be made because you're not going to carry nine defensemen. They have an open roster spot, but they're not going to carry nine defensemen. It's, it's rare enough to carry eight. It's, it's rare to scratch two defensemen a night, and the Lightning have been doing that, uh, obviously carrying in the eight that they have uh, right now. Uh, so once Bogosian comes back, you've got some things to figure out. Because I've seen this question kind of asked in my Twitter timeline a couple of times uh, about Nick Perbix and where does he fit in. Well, it's pretty obvious right now where he fits in. And as long as he is able to maintain this level of play and, and maybe start to uh, turn things northward On the instead of plateauing where he's at right now, continue to improve. He has got that spot next to Mikhail Sergachev on the, the second pairing uh, because those two have been pretty good since they've been together. Uh, I would assume Bogosian goes in with Ian Cole uh, and, and Eric Chernak sticks with Victor Hedman. Things can change, obviously, so we'll see what goes on with that. Um, but once Bogosian comes back, you know, between Calfoot, Philippe Myers, and Hayden Flurry, I, you know, somebody is is probably on the outs there. Beginning of the season, I might have said it's probably Flurry, but maybe it's Myers. I mean, Myers already cleared waivers once. Uh, so if that's the situation, if that's the direction they want to go, um, but he had to, you know, you have to give him a fair chance to, re- to quote unquote, redeem himself. And I don't know if he redeemed himself tonight, but he he sh- he had a much better showing, which he's going to have to have. Uh, I mean, look, Nick Perbix continues to improve. Uh, John Cooper was again asked about Perbix after the game, and basically he said, "Let's pump the brakes a little bit, <laughs> you know, stop inflating." Pump on the tires, so let's pump the brakes a little bit on him and just kind of let him grow. Uh, but he's been impressive so far. You know, he's even turned to Jay Retcher in the press box tonight. It just seems like every play he makes is just a smoothness to his game, a very steadiness to his game, and that's impressive for somebody in the NHL. I know he's 24, so he's not a young kid coming into the game. But it's still impressive at you know this level when you first started to be able to do things like that. Um, so that's, that's a positive sign. Uh, the fourth line, the Belmar-Maroon-Perry line might have had their best game of the year. Didn't see the underlying numbers, but they were pretty good. Uh, spent a lot more time in the offensive zone than maybe we're used to seeing in the last little it's, That's That's a good sign for them. Brandon Hagel continues to impress. Nikita Kucherov extends his scoring streak to 11 games, has his goal-scoring streak snapped at 6. Uh, and, and you know, we're still waiting for Andre Vasilevsky to have one of those games, right? I, I don't think he's going to like the shorthanded goal it's from distance. So we're still waiting for him to have one of those type of games uh, on the season. Haven't been there yet. So, you know, let's strive for it. Uh, Look, an an opportunity here. You get Washington and Washington next week. Calgary comes in next week. The the Flames are struggling right now. Uh, The Capitals are are banged up. You know, they got injuries up and down. They played, you know, last night, uh, Monday night, against Edmonton with uh, both John Carlson and Dimitri Orlov out. I think that's the first time that neither of those two have been in the lineup for 300 and some odd games. So they're pretty banged up right now, and um, you know, so there's there's a chance here against the Capitals with back-to-back games uh, and, a, and a couple of days off for of practice. It sounds like uh, the hurricane is not going to disrupt the Lightning's plans um, in any way at this moment. We know all that can change uh, as we kind of keep an eye on that track. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up this recap. Of the game and some of my thoughts on what we saw is always you know, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Also, uh, again, I'll keep saying it, there's there's one less outlet covering this team on a regular basis, and I'm one of them. I'm one of the ones that still dedicate my time to covering this team and bringing you stories. I've, I've got a really good story coming on Brandon Hagel. I hope to get it up here The next couple days, I got a few things I have to uh tighten up on it, uh, but it's going to be a really good story about the story behind his tattoos. He's got some tattoos on him, uh, and it's a very sort of heartbreaking story about why he has his tattoos on his arm. So, uh, I'm working on finalizing that and getting that out hopefully the next couple of days uh, beforehand. Um, but if you're not a subscriber to my site, again. Use the code podcast and I will give you ten dollars off your first year of a yearly subscription. Just go to lightinginsider.com. First thing you see is how to sign up and then when you enter in your uh, payment information, everything else, uh, use that code podcast for $10 dollars off. A uh, quick note, I will not be covering Friday's game. Um, I have plans out of town so I'll be out of town, but I will be back for Sunday's game against the capitals Uh, that's a home game uh, at seven o'clock so i'll be back for that one all right as always thanks for the support thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk soon
0: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or seven up all with your card